You're listening to the Calvary Church Audio Experience, designed to empower and encourage you throughout your week. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to John chapter 6, verse number 37. If you've got the Calvary Church app, open up those notes. You can follow along with me today. There's a whole lot of scripture there for you. You can study all week long. John chapter 6, verse number 37, as we continue our series, Shelter and Grace, today we're finding refuge in acceptance. John 6, 37, all that my Father gives me will come to me, Jesus said. And the one who comes to me, I will most certainly not cast out. I will never, never Listen to that. I will never, never reject anyone. Take one of your hands, set it on your heart, unless you're driving. Come on, somebody. And say it out loud. Say, eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, a mouth to confess, all the good things Christ has already provided for me. Y'all ready for God's word? Here we go. You know, it does not matter today if you are black, white, or brown. Every human being longs to be accepted. We often spend a huge chunk of our lives trying to prove to someone somewhere that we are indeed acceptable. We long to be accepted by our families and by the people we work and go to school with. We want to be accepted by our husband or, or wife, by our mother, father, our grandparents, our uncles, our, our aunts. We want to be accepted by our social circles. We want to be accepted by our followers. And our cries for acceptance have only grown louder, I think, with the emergence of social media. Yeah. Think about that. People spend hours upon hours each week trying to engineer the perfect lighting and the perfect pose and the perfect hair and the perfect smile to achieve the perfect selfie. The object is affirmation through what? Through likes and hearts and shares and comments because everyone longs to be accepted. We're even tempted to change the way we dress, the the way we talk, the way we laugh, the music we listen to, the food we eat, because we just want to be accepted by someone. Humanity has this insatiable appetite for acceptance. And I want you to understand that God put that appetite within us so that we would look to him to fulfill it. When we don't, when we seek to get our need for acceptance met outside of him, that's when we can literally give our lives away. And a whole lot of us are doing that every day. We're giving our lives away. Think about this. Our culture has learned how to cash in on our desire to obtain acceptability. This is interesting. A report from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons revealed that in 2018, just a few years ago, Americans spent more than $16.5 billion. That's B, billion dollars on cosmetic surgery 
in large part because people simply want to be accepted. They want to be accepted by someone, even if that someone is themselves. Part of our motivation for trying so hard to be accepted isn't merely for the sake of acceptance itself, but it is to avoid the agonizing pain of rejection. The truth is, hear me, there is no pain quite like the pain of rejection. Rejection can happen in a moment, but can haunt you for a lifetime. You know, I was thinking there are two unhealthy ways that I think we attempt to deal with rejection. First, we bury. Second, we build walls. We bury. Think about that. We bury the issue that caused us rejection. You'll hear people say things like this. Well, I'll just forget about it. I'll pretend like it didn't happen. Well, burying it won't help because remember this, the soil doesn't know the difference between something that's buried and something that's planted. And when we bury it, we're really just planting it and it will surface as fruit in another season. You better hear me. Some of us right now are dealing with the fruit from a season of sowing long ago. You may not be dealing with it right now, but you better hear me. There's a season that's coming where we reap what we sow. We build walls. That's another way we try to deal with rejection. We build walls because we want to protect ourselves from people rejecting us in the future. And building walls won't help either. There's no difference between the walls of a fortress and the walls of a prison. Think about that. What you think is protecting you is actually imprisoning you, keeping you in bondage. The only healthy way to deal with rejection is understanding the gospel of divine acceptance. And there's no doubt about it. We've got to deal with it. We really do. Rejection can influence the decisions that you make, the risks that you take, the quality of the relationships that you build. One instant of rejection can produce a lifetime of self-isolation for the sake of what? I just want to protect myself. It can cause you to live a very small life, an enclosed life, a suffocating life. Jesus wants to heal that pain, the pain of rejection. He really does. The pain, that pain of rejection is so real. Did you know that scientifically speaking, it's reported that the pain of rejection actually piggybacks on the physical pain pathways in your brain. In other words, your body processes the emotional pain of rejection the same way it processes physical pain in your body. It's painful. Rejection is painful. I know about rejection. In fact, the fear of rejection causes us to live a dull, riskless life, to stay silent when we should speak out, to hold back when we should launch forth. It, 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 in our desire to, to avoid this thing, rejection, we sign up for nothing. We, we stick to jobs we've outgrown. We get cozy with no one. So the world we live in because of all of this, 
has adopted a formula for making oneself acceptable and avoiding the pain of rejection. Yeah, there's a formula. The, form, the formula basically looks like this. Are you ready? If you want to avoid the pain of rejection, you must perform at the level of perfection or at least put a filter on it and make people believe you are. And we're not merely told this in the world, but far too often, we're told the same thing in the church. Hey, brother, hey, sister, if you want to avoid the pain of rejection, you have to perform, 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 perform at the level of perfection. You know, I was thinking in the last 2,000 years of teaching and preaching on how to successfully live the Christian life and please God, I think it could actually be encapsulated in a simple one-word exhortation. You know what that word is? Perform. Perform, perform, perform. We've been told, if you don't want to feel the pain of rejection, say it with me, you better perform. Have you heard that? If you want to be accepted in, in certain circles and with certain people, what do you do? You better perform. If you want a seat at the table, what do you do? You perform. If you want to be acknowledged, if you want to be loved, if you want to be favored, if you want to be blessed, what do you do? You better perform. And you know the prescription. Some of you are tired and worn out because of it. You know the prescription. You better bear down. You better double down. You better lather, rinse, repeat in an endless, frustrating, shame-soaked cycle of defeat and failure. So because we long for acceptance and we're hardwired to avoid rejection, what do we do? We attempt to perform, to do, do, do. And the problem is that the more we try to achieve perfection, the more aware of our shortcomings we become and the less acceptable we begin to feel. That's where many of you are right now. And it throws you into what feels like this never ending cycle of defeat and failure because we're always trying to achieve to the standard that's achievable. And, and, and so the only option is what? A standard that's unachievable. Well, if it's unachievable, the only option is failure. And there goes that cycle over and over again. And every human has the same basic needs, right? To be fully known and to be fully loved. But we fear that if someone fully knows us, they'll discover that we're imperfect and then they won't love us. So at some point we shift our energy to what? From performing to pretending. Let me tell you something, both are exhausting. Whether you're performing or pretending, both will wear you out. Are you exhausted by this? Are you tired? Are you worn out on the performance treadmill? I pray today that you hear Jesus say, come to me, all you who are tired and worn out and burned out, and I will give you rest for your soul. I'll give you your sanity back. I'll give you rest. You see, we not only want to be accepted by those we worship with, but we long to be acceptable to the God that we worship. And we've all tried this performance approach, haven't we? But it doesn't work. We know it doesn't work. Only grace works. That's it. And so quickly before the good news, I'm going to give you the bad news because some of you won't appreciate the good news until you've heard the bad. 
And so before we get into the new covenant, let's get into the old real quick. In the Bible, it's called rightly dividing scripture. Let's start pre-cross and then we'll go to where we are post-cross. But in the Bible, under the old covenant law of Moses, man's ability to approach God was largely dependent on his ability to what? On his ability to perform. You better perform. And when you perform, you better perform well. And this created a terrible dilemma because no matter how hard Israel tried, they simply could not perform enough. They could not achieve righteousness. And as we learned last week, remember, uh, there, there were over 600 laws that God's people were required to keep in order to be good in right standing, right? And good enough for God in right standing with God. And these 613 rules and regulations and rituals that were given by the request of man rather than the preference of God. And, and according to scripture to break one of them, remember was to break all of them. You talk about performance. You talk about wearing yourself out. And this means that man's ability to come before God, it was severely limited. There were strict regulations regarding, think about this, the sacrifices that were offered in worship and for the atonement of sin. I mean, under the law, sacrifices that were offered would be meticulously inspected by the priest. And if there was so much as a single flaw, that sacrifice was rejected. You had to start over and you had to try again. Performance. I mean, there were also super strict regulations pertaining to who was considered unclean and clean or unacceptable and acceptable that would determine who could even approach the sanctuary in order to participate in worship. I don't have time to teach on this, but here's just a couple of examples. If you had a rash, the Bible says, or any skin condition, you were considered unacceptable. If you touched a dead animal, you would be considered unacceptable. If you ate food that was considered unclean, you were considered unacceptable. If you came into contact with someone who was ceremonially unclean, you were considered what? Unacceptable. And if at any point you were deemed unacceptable, you here go, performance, you had to go through this lengthy process of being made acceptable again, but it was only temporary. You had to start over again. And of course, all of these Various hoops that man had to jump through, they were designed by God to reveal, and we've already learned this, our need for a Savior. Look, if you could do it, you wouldn't need Jesus, but I'm so glad we all know we need Jesus. Our inability to become divinely accepted be, became even more clear when God instructed his people to build him a tabernacle. I mean, I'm just giving you examples. This was the place where he would dwell among his people. There was a place in that tabernacle that was called the most holy place that almost no one was allowed to enter. This place was reserved for one man. He was called the high priest who would enter on behalf of the people once per year and only after a lengthy series of hundreds of thousands of sacrifices made on behalf of the Israelite people to ensure that the sins of the entire nation had been atoned for. Think about that. And then even when he would enter that most holy place, he had to tie a rope around his ankle because if he, if he didn't meet the standards of the law and, and, and somehow there was divine judgment when entering his body 
could be pulled out by that rope. I mean, think about it. Even Moses, who's called the mediator of the old covenant, the Bible says in Exodus 33, he couldn't see the face of God and live. Think about this. And so this process of offering sacrifices happened every year over and over and over and over and over again. You talk about performance until finally, here's the good news, y'all, Jesus, our Savior, whom John the Baptist called what? Oh, yeah, he is our high priest, but he's also the Lamb of God who arrived on the scene and he became the once and final sacrifice for sin, putting an end to man's inability to be accepted. Are y'all hearing me today? I'm trying to bring you good news for real. The gospel is the declaration that performance-based religion is over. Think about the author of Hebrews in Hebrews 10.10. He writes, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus once and for all time. Suddenly, every man who put their faith in Jesus was acceptable and God was accessible. I hope y'all are getting this in Ephesians 3 verse 12. The apostle Paul wrote that through faith in him, we can now approach God, don't miss this, with freedom and confidence. Jesus was the final uh, sacrifice for sin. His blood has cleansed you, made you both acceptable, completely accepted so that you can now approach God. And when you approach God, you do it with freedom and you do it with confidence. How about one of my favorites in Ephesians 1 verse 6? Look what Paul wrote. He said this, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Wherever you are watching me right now, I want you to say it out loud and say it with all you got. Say, because of Jesus, come on, because of Jesus, I am accepted. Can you say that? Say, because of Jesus, I am accepted. So quickly, I want to give you three things that we need to know about what it means to find refuge in acceptance. There's not a lot we can find refuge in right now, but we can shelter in grace. Finding refuge in acceptance means this. Number one, write it down. If you got that app, uh, put it there on your notes right now. Number one, Jesus was rejected so you wouldn't be. Woo. Jesus was rejected so you wouldn't be. Listen to John 1 verse number 11. It says this, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. They rejected him. I want you to know that Jesus took the punishment that we deserved to give us the life that we didn't deserve. That's why Jesus said it is finished. Our sins were atoned for on that cross and the barrier that kept man from God was absolutely eliminated. When Jesus uttered those words, it is finished on the cross. The Bible says, are you ready for this? That the veil, that veil right in the temple, that most holy, that veil, that veil that separated man from God was torn in two. And the Bible says that it was torn in two from top to bottom. Notice from top to bottom. Why is that important to know? Because if it had been the other way around from bottom to top, then that would have meant that man 
tore the veil. Nah, this was God. This curtain was 30 feet high and four inches thick. No man could have initiated the tearing of the veil. It was something, get the message, that only God could accomplish. It was from top to bottom. And sadly, many people are spending their lives and their own effort trying to sew the veil back together. That's the simple definition of religion. Don't waste your time doing that. Enjoy access to God. All of our sins have been eternally atoned for and the wall of hostility that separated us, separated God and man had been eliminated. You are not dirty and distant. God has made you clean and brought you close. According to Hebrews 4, 16, we can now, are you ready? Come boldly. You talk about freedom. You talk about confidence. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. Here's what I want to tell you. Man no longer has to fear being rejected or being seen by God as unacceptable. May you get a hold of that truth today because of the gospel in Jesus name. Here's another one. Finding refuge and acceptance means this. Come on, put it down in those notes. Jesus was perfect so you wouldn't have to be. Now I want to talk about that. Titus 3, 5 says this. He saved us. It was not because of any good deeds that we ourselves had done. It was nothing you did, but because of his own mercy that he saved us through the Holy Spirit who gave us a new birth and new life by washing us. Jesus was perfect but rejected so that we would never have to be rejected for being imperfect. Woo! Your acceptance by the Father isn't based on your performance and I'm gonna keep saying that. It was based upon Jesus' perfect performance on the cross and God hasn't lowered his standard of acceptance. Perfection is still the Father's standard but I'm so glad to tell you today that Jesus met that standard and he met it on your behalf. And I get it, you will hear a lot of people resist the good news of God's grace because they think, well, you know, just greasy grace. You know, God uh, is turning a blind eye or you, you're making it look like God is lowering the standard. But you better hear me. If that's what you're saying, you don't know the gospel. Nothing could be further from the truth. God has never lowered his standard. Here's the gospel. He elevated you to his standard. Ooh, and as we discovered last week, that is the gift of righteousness. That's what righteousness is all about. And when you know you are righteous, church, you better hear me. You will live righteous. And this means that according to the Bible, you're no longer asked to perform for him. You're now simply asked to what? Trust in his perfect performance for you. It's his performance that made you not guilty. It's his performance that made you totally, entirely pleasing to God. Now believe that. That's your work now. Your work now is simply to believe. Believe it. In John 6, a group of people asked Jesus about how to be accepted. And specifically, they ask him, which works, which works, which works are required in order to be accepted by God? Which works? 
Take a look with me. John 6, 28, 29. Then they ask him, what must we do to do the works God requires? What do we do to do the works? And Jesus answered, look at this. The work of God is this. You ready for your work, believer? Here's your only work. Your work is to believe. Believe. To be accepted by God. We aren't called to performance or a bunch of religious activity. According to Jesus, the work that God requires is what? You're called a believer. It's simply to believe in the one he has sent. And upon placing your faith in Jesus, you better begin to believe it. You are accepted. That's your new identity. Period. You are accepted. You cannot do anything to it or take anything from it. You are accepted. You are accepted. I declare that over every one of you in Jesus' name. You are accepted. Let me close with this. Number three, don't miss it. If we're going to find refuge in acceptance, watch this. Jesus' acceptance by the Father shows us that we are accepted. On this Father's Day, get a hold of this. Thank you. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, good Father. Jesus' acceptance by the Father shows us we are accepted. You know, I was thinking how studies have shown that in the heart of every child is, is a cry for his Father's acceptance and approval. Something happens when a father says to his little boy, Dad's so proud of you. Or when a father says to his little girl, You'll always be dad's favorite girl. Something happens and you catch a similar special moment in the Bible when God the Father displayed his acceptance and approval of his son. If you read Matthew 3, 17, look at the father's acceptance of his son. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son. With him I am well pleased. Jesus had not done a thing yet to earn his father's acceptance and approval. You go back and study Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you're, to, you're gonna discover that Jesus hadn't done anything to earn his father's acceptance. He hadn't healed anybody. He hadn't raised anybody from the dead yet. Think about that. He hadn't performed any miracles. He hadn't preached a sermon yet, but the father completely loved and completely accepted Jesus as his beloved son. He declared that through Jesus, look at that, Jesus hadn't done a single thing to earn it, to earn that love and acceptance. He says what? I am well pleased with you. And there's always going to be temptation, temptation to doubt what the Father has spoken over you. If you really are who God says you are, that's the temptation. Now you may think that God would naturally say that of Jesus, but he wouldn't say that of me. He wouldn't say that of you. Well, the truth is, and this is the gospel, that Jesus came for us and as us. He died for us and as us. He received the acceptance and approval of the Father for us and as us. He came, the Bible says, as our representative, as our substitute. And when we place our faith in him, his acceptance, Jesus's acceptance becomes our own. And this is how the Father relates to us and accepts 
us. And on the basis of our faith in what Jesus accomplished on the cross, it's not because of our ability to perform or to prove to him that we're worth it. Look, we are completely loved and completely accepted by God the Father. And according to the words of Jesus in John 6, verse number 37, it took me a minute to get around the mountain, but here I come. Here's our theme verse, and may you hear it today. Anyone who comes to me, I will most certainly not cast out. I will never, 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 never reject you. I speak over you that are dealing with the pain of rejection right now. Because of Jesus, you can find refuge today in acceptance. You can wake up every day knowing that you are his beloved. You can wake up every day knowing you are unconditionally loved, that you are wholly approved. And I want to talk to you on this Father's Day as I close that today is Father's Day. I get it. And this can be a very happy day for some of you. And for some of you, it's a very painful day because of rejection. But no matter your experience as a father or a child on this earth, I want you to know that you can hold your head up high because you have a heavenly father. May you hear the gospel who accepts you. And this is good news. This is the good news of divine acceptance. This means you can walk every day. You can live every day with confidence knowing that even if man rejects you, even if the people around you reject you, you're never going to be rejected by God. You have the love, you have the favor, you have the acceptance of the one who matters most. Because of Jesus, your love for who you are, not what you do. You can fulfill your God-given destiny knowing that you're standing in the place of undeserved privilege. Every one of you, you're completely favored. You're entirely accepted in the beloved. Your heavenly Father loves you and he is pleased with you. And why do I keep banging this drum? Because the more you know these truths. Why is this series so important? Because the more you know them and you believe them, the more you expect good things to happen in your life. You can expect every day to be healthy and whole. Instead of being easily frightened and threatened by anything and anyone, you can be confident that you will win every fight of life. Instead of living in fear and rejection, you can live every day knowing that you are totally accepted. I declare that over you and may you believe it, church. And as I close, I just want to speak to you as a pastor. I want to speak from a pastor's heart for just a moment and I want to say that divine acceptance will change the world, but before it does, it must change the church. For too long, the church has been known as a place of rejection and judgment and condemnation. And this is the inevitable consequence of what? Of a mixed up message of law and grace. It's a mixed up message that puts a frown on love. Can you imagine God the Father frowning at Jesus? Of course not. Then neither is he frowning at you. I know in the old covenant they said, may his face shine upon you. Hey, good news, believer. 
You're living in the new covenant. His face is shining upon you. I know in the old, they said stuff like this. May he be gracious to you. Hey, good news, believer. He is gracious to you. It says, may he give you peace. Hey, good news. Here's the gospel. He's given you peace. The Prince of Peace now lives in you. This is good news. He's looking at you full in the face and he's smiling. You are the apple of his eye. He rejoices. He sings over you, child. And if the church, I'm talking about the capital C church. If the church truly believed this gospel, it would transform it from an inhospitable church to an accepting church. That's the church. That's the message that we carry. As a matter of fact, Romans 15, 5 makes it clear. Accept one another as Christ has already, past tense, accepted you. And imagine if we did that, church, with everyone everywhere. That's our mission here at Calvary. We wouldn't be able to exclude the rabble and the riffraff from our locations and our communion. Instead, we'd have to start making announcements like this. And I make it today. We extend a special welcome at Calvary Church. Those who are single, married, divorced, gay, filthy rich, black, brown, ino habla ingles. We extend a special welcome to those who are newborns, poor as dirt, skinny as a rail, got a hitch in your get along. We welcome Democrats, Republicans, independents. You're welcome here if you're just browsing, if you just woke up, if you just got out of jail. We don't care if you're more Lutheran than Luther or more Catholic than the Pope or if you hadn't been to church since 1979. We offer a special welcome to those who could lose a few pounds, those of you that think the earth is flat, work too hard, can't spell, came because because grandmama made you come. We offer a special welcome to those who could use a prayer right now. Our three times divorce. Had religion shoved down your throat as a kid. Got lost and just wound up here by accident. We welcome those who are in recovery. We welcome those who are still addicted. If you blew your money gambling, we welcome you. We welcome tourists. We welcome seekers. We welcome doubters. We welcome bleeding hearts. We welcome the depressed and the oppressed. We welcome you and may you hear the father today say this with open arms welcome home welcome home the gospel isn't an invitation to accept Jesus do you know what it is it's the stunning announcement that Jesus accepts you Grace equals acceptance. God accepts you and here at Calvary I'm gonna keep beating that drum you're accepted, but some of you are saying, yeah, but you don't understand, I've totally failed. Look at the mess I've made with my life. And God responds to you today and may you hear the gospel. You are my beloved child and I'm well pleased. And if you're ready to receive that acceptance wherever you are, just lift your hands and pray this prayer. Just say, Father God, I thank you for accepting me. I believe it, I receive it. God, I thank you. I'm sorry for shutting your acceptance out. I'm sorry for trying to work for what you freely give. I receive you as my life. You're my savior. I believe you died for me and as me. I believe you rose from the dead for me and as me. I believe you live today for me and as me. And I receive your life. I'm saved. As a matter of fact, just say it out loud. I'm forgiven. Say it. I'm accepted. I'm righteous. 
Yeah, I'm on my way to heaven, but I thank you I'm going to live heaven right now. Heaven's living inside of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen to me carefully. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want to walk with you at Calvary. We want to walk with you. We want to help you. So here's what we're going to do. On the Calvary Church app, the information is right here. You can download the app today. One word, Calvary Church CC in the app store. Go under the more tab and hit Grace Walk. It's brand new. I want to start the Grace Walk with you. Pastors want to connect with you. You can take the Grace Walk with us. Four simple classes that we want to get you on this journey of beginning to understand who you truly are as the accepted child of God that you truly are and all of the benefits that are yours in Christ. You are accepted.